Alright, not gonna lie, this is kinda long, so bear with me, please. Alright, so this is coming from Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. Alright, it says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the fulfillity of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in their Due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they have, uh, are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in its attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Alright, so basically this is a long version of saying repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways, turn to God doing what is good, and that's about it. Today. Yeah, that's why I like God having, speaking to us. Today, yes, so. that's the whole point of having other people get up here and give this lat this little one minute word. For one, guys, I've seen a couple people who are actually reading in their Bible with him. Yeah. I'm giving like ben I'm giving like bonus credit for the people who do that. Yeah. So anybody who pulls their phone out and reads it along with them, yes. I'm gonna have surprises for it because that's incredible. Ooh, but the reason we've been doing this is get other people up. To speak and to talk to you guys about the Word of God. What's going to be incredible is in a few seconds, I'm standing there smiling the whole time because he doesn't know what I'm preaching tonight. He doesn't know what I'm getting ready to deliver, but it's right in line with everything he just read. Candy said the same thing. that Her and her friend were just having a Bible study and read that same scripture. But that's how important it is. Oh, man. You're going to get me right into my sermon before I even got ready for it. But here we go. Let's kick it off. Uh, 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 uh. So I told you guys we're trying a new thing here. So you guys are gonna have to bear with me for one second. Here we go. There we go. All right. All right. Today we're gonna be continuing the series that I started talking to you guys about. Does anybody remember? Because that was a little bit ago. It was like a couple weeks ago. Does anybody remember what I preached about? It should be very easy because. I made it memorable by putting a spelling error right in the middle of it. Yeah. Searching for Jesus. You got to say it with the Jersey accent. Searching for Jesus. There was no R in it. So it's searching. Searching for Jesus. But we talked about searching for Jesus. It was a cool message. I feel like I learned a lot from it. Today, we're going to be talking about looking for Jesus. Now, this whole series is leading up to Christmas, right? And what is Christmas? 
Jesus' birthday. That's when the world was introduced to Jesus, to God in the flesh. So we're learning about, kind of in a backwards way too, because we're kind of dealing with after Jesus left. Because last week, we talked about John 7. Remember? And we talked about Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer, and then I'm going to return to the one who sent me, and you will search for me, but you won't find me, and you cannot go where I am going. You guys remember me reading that last week? And we talked all about it. We talked about looking for Jesus and not finding him. See, you need Jesus right now. You need to find Jesus right now. <laughs> what? You spilled water? Oh, see? Thank you. You're paying attention. It wasn't last week. It was three weeks ago. You're right. So a few weeks ago, when we talked about this, we talked about looking for Jesus. And we did it from a point of view, if anybody remembers, we did it from a point of view of people who are looking for Jesus that have never found him. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. And we're going to look at this from a different perspective. We're going to look at it from people who are looking for Jesus who knew him, who had a relationship with him, and they knew who Jesus was. So let's go to Luke 24. We're going to go through verses 1 through 12. But, the very, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling clothes. So these are people who knew him. These were the women who walked with him. These were the women who saw his miracles. They prepared spices for his body because they loved him. This is something that you do for your loved ones. This wasn't, you didn't just go to, you know, you don't just show up at people's funerals, right? Like, you don't just show up to people's funerals that you don't know. This is like, this is even further beyond that, where they actually prepare their body for burial. So you wouldn't do that unless it was with somebody that you cared a lot for. These ladies cared for Jesus. They loved him. They knew him. They had a relationship with him. But now he's gone. And I hope you guys don't ever experience that in life, but it happens in life. There are times where we're close to Jesus and we know him and he's moving and he's doing all this great stuff in our life and we see it. And then there's times where he's gone. And we're, you know, we're, we love him still. We want to go back and we want to anoint his body. and We want to we show how much we care about him, but he's not there. And this is where these women find themselves in the Bible here. And it says, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground when they saw these angels standing there. And the angels asked them this important question. Guys, this is going to be the question that I'm posing to all of you today in this room. This is the question I want you guys to think about. I want you to remember. Why are you looking among the dead for somebody who is alive? That's a deep, that's a deep statement these angels just showed up. They're like, hey, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I think that's how King James puts it. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Guys, where we look for things matters in our life. Like where we see our treasures matter in our life. But there are a lot of things in this world that you're going to encounter that are dead. There's a lot of things that you're going to look at in this life. And you may even think for a second, boy, that's got life in it. But once you start to get close, you realize 
that it's dead. There's no life in it. There's nothing good in it at all. It's full of death. And so many times I've watched friends make the mistake of looking for life in something that is dead. I'm going to get my happiness through my music and I'm going to become a big artist and I'm going to become a big star and this is where I'm going to find my life. But they're looking for life in things that are dead because everything's going to die. Like this world's a broken world. People are going to pass away. Things are going to die. But we are on a quest to find something that's living, something that's eternal, something that will last forever. So I can't put my faith in the things that I know are going to die. I can't put my faith in, you guys can't put your faith in me. Like, oh, Dan's, Dan's the one who's going to get us to heaven. But what happens if I get into a car accident tomorrow and I'm dead? Because that's not going to that, be enough to get you through. I've had faith in people who have let me down. I've had faith in things that have died. And I'm left standing here looking for life in something that's dead. And something that doesn't have life in it. And that's exactly where these women were. They wanted to see Jesus. So they went back to the place where they knew Jesus was. He was here last. This is where he was. This is where I felt his presence the most. But he's not there now. And it's dead. He isn't here, the angels tell him. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. So the angel sees them in this place of despair. And the angel's like, all right, they're looking for Jesus and he's not here and he can't find him. So the angel says, the best advice that I can give anybody in this world, remember the word. Saul, remember the word. That's the most important advice I can give anybody. Because in the end of the day, that's where we're going to find life. And that's what the angel points out to him. Remember what Jesus said to you. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And that he would rise again on the third day. Guys, he told this to them. He told this to them. He said, listen, I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. It's going to be crazy. But I'm going to rise again on the third day. But they didn't remember his word. They didn't remember his words, so they went back to the place where they thought they knew him last. Because then, well, maybe he'll still be there. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll bump into him there. But they forgot his word. It says, but then they remembered what he had said. He remembered, they remember. Wait a minute. He did say that. He did say he's going to rise again. And that word that he gave them brought life back into their mind. And so they rushed back from the tomb to tell the other disciples. Because now they'll remember. Wait a minute. The word of God says. Oh my God, guys. I feel the Holy Ghost all over this. Because there's so many times in my life that I, I forget what the Bible says. God, how am I going to get through? I don't have any money. I don't have a job. How am I going to get through? And then I have to remember, wait a minute, his word says that I'm never going to beg for bread. His word says that he's going to be on my side. His word says he's going to watch over you, protect you, take care of you. Matter of fact, his word says he does it to the righteous and the unrighteous. That he's going to take care of you even when you don't believe in him. Even when you can't find him, that's 
what the Word of God says, but if we don't remember it, we're going to be looking right. among the dead right. for something that's not there. Yeah. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, I thought there was another, but, and several other women who told the apostles what happened. So I just want to point that out too. For everybody that says women can't minister, they were the first ones that brought the gospel. God uses everybody. God loves everybody. And he wants to use anybody. And it's not about who you are or what sex or right. what race or what place right. or what position. Right. It's about are you willing to open your mouth and allow right. his word right. to come through it. Come on. Because any open vessel is what he's going to use. Right. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. He used these women to bring this gospel message back to the other 11. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. Mm. I'm feeling like a feminist up here. These silly men. <laughs> it sounded like nonsense. They didn't get it, guys. They're like, What's he, which, what are they talking about? Now, did Jesus only tell the women back in Galilee that he was going to die and be broke? No, he told everybody. But once again, they're not remembering what his word says to them. However, it says, Peter jumped up. Now watch this, guys. Watch what he does here. Peter jumps up and he runs back to the tomb. Mm -hmm. He runs back to the tomb to look. So Peter hears the story of the gospel. He hears this message that Jesus has rose from the dead. And what does Peter do? He goes back to the place of the dead. Mm -hmm. He goes back to the tomb to look. And he stops and he peers in. And he sees the empty linen wrappings. God's always going to give us a sign, guys. Mm -hmm. Even if we're looking among the dead, there's a sign there. There's a sign that points you back to where life is. This was a sign, the empty linen wrapping. This was wrapped around his head, and now it sits here empty because he's gone. That's God telling Peter, believe. But Peter went home again, wondering what had happened. So Peter still didn't get it at this point. He's still looking in the dead, and he's like, there's no life there. Yeah, there's a sign, but there's no life there. Where do I find life? So I'm, I'm asking you guys today, where do we find life? When we're looking for Jesus and he's not where he used to be and he's not where we left him and he's not where I felt him before, but where do I find life? Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than a sharp two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our inner thoughts and desires. God gave us a book, guys. He gave us the Word of God, and it is alive. Yeah? That right there makes me think of, I don't want to present this way, uh, it's easier for... A, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than the camel, camel to go through the eye of the needle. Yeah. It is. But it's easy when we're looking for Jesus. And especially if we're looking in the right place, guys. So I told you a minute ago, we're in a world that's dark, right? There's a lot of dead things around us. People die. Things change. 
You might say, hey, you know what? I felt God at Pineview 10 years ago. I'm going to go back there and see if I can feel God again. But it might not be the same that it was before. Things change. So I want to give everybody in this room today something solid to hold on to. Because I might not be here. I might be dead. And I don't want you looking for the living among the dead. I want everybody to know, where do I go to find life? Because it's in the word of God. It's in the living word of God. That's where we find life. It's in, you know, you said God. We said God. And God is life. But we're looking for God. So you can't just find God by looking in God. Like we need something to point us to where God is. That's why he gave us the Bible. There's going to be, there's dead things in this world. There are people who are going to tell you dead messages about where you can find God. There's plenty of tombs all over this earth where they'll say, this is where Jesus was. This is where he is. But there's no life in that dead tomb. There's only life in the word of God because it's alive and powerful and sees through you to the inner desires of your heart. It shows you the things about Jesus that you're looking for. Right. It's all in this word. Isaiah 8, 19 through 22. I want, I want to give you guys this little observation that I found here. Somebody may say to you, let's ask the medians and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and their mutterings, and they will tell us what to do. This is what I'm talking about, guys. The world's going to give you all kinds of options. Hey, guess what, guys? We can talk to spirits. We can bring in medians. We can do yoga. We can do all that. We can do that, guys, and that'll tell us what to do in our life. But I want all of you guys to understand that that's dead. There's no life in that. There's no life in this. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Shouldn't the living seek guidance? Should. No, I was about to say that totally wrong. Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Is that what we should do, guys? No. Yes. Can we do yoga and God? <laughs> God yoga? Amen. You're going to have to look into what yoga means. Yoga. How about God I'll yoga? let you do that on your own. <laughs> you can come back and talk to me about it. But <laughs> should we seek living among the dead? Should, is that where we should get our guidance from, guys? Right. There's going to be people who, who, who say, hey, you know what? This is your way to live, guys. This is your answer right here. Right. Do like me. Drink a bunch of alcohol. Smoke your brains out. Go hang out at the club every day of your life. Let's do that, guys. That's where you're going to live. Right. There's death in that. Yeah. Talking about the club reminds me of that one story in the Bible. with Where they went clubbing? No. They went clubbing with the camels? The prodigal son. The prodigal son. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Let's tie that into this. Let's tie that into the prodigal son. He looked out into the world and was like, "Look, guys, there's life. I'm gonna go live. I'm gonna party. I'm gonna have all this fun." And then he realized that it was full of death. He's eating out of the pig trough, and what he thought had life in it wasn't full of life. Was full of death. And he had to stop and think about where can I go back to where I can find life? And he had to return to his father's house where there was life. It's the same, same concept, same story that we're talking here. It says, look to God for instructions and teaching. People who, con now here we go. Guys, I want you to really think long and hard about this. 
I promise you, the older you get in your life and the more friends you have around you who don't serve God, the more this sentence is going to make sense. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. Those are the people that he was talking about in the beginning. Right. These are the people you're talking about. They contradict God's word. God's not real. Bible's not true. I don't believe in any of that Jesus stuff. Jesus isn't this, these are the people they're talking about right here. And you know what? I don't hate those people, guys. I feel bad for those people. Because listen to what he says here. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. Mm-hmm. Now, the older gentlemen and ladies in the room, mm-hmm. you guys vouch for that? Oh, yeah. How many people have you seen in your life like that? Oh, yeah. How many people have we seen like that? You guys, you guys may be young, but I'm sure you could probably think of a couple friends you got like that too. That they just, they're never satisfied. They can't, they can't get it. Guys, we see millionaires who are the same way. Right. We see people who got all the money in the world and you go, oh, their life's so great. And this is exactly how they act. They go from one place to another, weary and hungry, never finding what they're really looking for. And then what do they start doing? They start cursing God and the king. Well, what kind of a king won't let me, won't take care of me? What kind of a God won't take care of me, won't do this? Those are your friends that are hungry. Those are your friends that contradict the word of God. Those are the people who are choosing death over life. And they will look up to heaven and they will look down to earth. But wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair And they will be thrown into outer darkness. That's serious. Isaiah got real. But he wanted to make a point at how powerful the word of God is in our life. Because if you contradict the only living thing that we have in our life, what else can you expect other than death and hunger and darkness? Because you've turned your back on the light. You've turned your back on what was good. In the process of looking for Jesus. You weren't looking for him where there was life. You went to look for him in the places where there's the dead. And you're never going to find living among the dead. Even if something were to dwell with the dead long enough, it would kill it. Because the death makes you like it. But there's life. There's life, guys. I've preached this a lot. I've read this a lot. I don't know if I've read all 14 verses like this in a row. We're going to right now. But I've read this a lot because we understand this. Because the word is the most powerful thing. John got that. John was like, there's power in this word. In the beginning, he spoke. His word changed everything. His word set the whole world in motion. Why do you guys think we preach power of your tongue? Because your guys' mouth is important. You guys are made in his image. And if he can create the world into something beautiful with his mouth, then you can either create your world into something beautiful or something dead with your mouth. You can speak life into your life. You can use your mouth to produce the word of God to bring life into your life. Or you can speak death into your life and watch it crumble. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Nobody likes me. They call me Eeyore. <laughs> we need to poo, bro. 
the little powdery guy on Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I'll bring his too. But let me tell you something, guys. You're speaking death into your life. You're speaking death into your life when you when you act that way. When we could be speaking life, guys, guess what? This is going to be the best year of my life. This is going to be the year everything turns around. I'm going to get to what I need. God's going to provide. My family's going to be better. Everything's going to be great. And you're pushing that life into your situation because you're made in his image. And let's look. Let's look at this image. Let's see how, how beautiful this image is. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was powerful before there was a world. Before any life, before any death, the Word was still powerful and alive. Right, right. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him. Now, I just explained that. Yeah. Let there be light was a Word, and everything came into existence through Him. Yeah. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything. That was created. The word gave life. God breathed life into your lungs. And everything got life yeah. through the word of God. Right. So how much more can that breathe life into your life? Right. By speaking the word of God. By reading the word of God. By being into the word of God. Guys, there's going to get points in life yeah. where you feel dead. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a pastor, preacher. Everyone will tell you this. You'll get to a point in your life where you feel dead. Man, I just don't feel it. I don't feel God. Where's Jesus? I'm looking for him and I can't find him. There's one source where you're going to find life. And that's in the word of God. It will breathe life into you just like it did in the beginning of time. It'll do it again right now in your present situation. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. We're not wandering in the darkness because we got the word. I don't have to walk around depressed and sad because I got the word. I know the promises, so I can keep my head high. I can walk in the light and not be struggling with darkness. The light shine. Look how important this light is. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. Right. Death cannot be life. Right. If we can find life and we can hold on to life, darkness can never extinguish our light. The more you read the Bible, I don't care how depressing life gets around you. I don't care how much the struggles battle. The more you're in the word, the more that darkness right. can't control you. Right. The more that darkness can't conquer you. Because I've got the light. I know where to find life in right. my life. Right. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light to everyone that they might believe because of his testimony. Sarah, if you'll come play. I think I'm getting close to the end here. Jesus. I better be. Yeah, yeah. But it was John's testimony. He testified. And John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true life. Who comes to light. Who comes to give light to everyone. Was coming into this world. We're getting into that point, guys. He's talking about Christmas here. He's talking about Christmas. John wasn't, John wasn't the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Right. John had to point to Jesus. Mm -hmm. John was showing us who the light really was. Right, right. right. And we're getting to a point where we're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate the fact that the light came into this world. That's why, you guys know Christmas is so happy? Everybody realize that? 
Like even people who are usually mean, like 11 months out of the year, are usually happy around Christmas. Like Christmas has this feeling to it because there's light. This is when God changed the world. This is where darkness didn't rule anymore. But he sent something that can conquer everything that's against you guys. Come on. The light came to the world. Now look at this. He came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. Guys, they were looking. But they didn't see him. Right. He told them, I'm going to be with you a little while. Then I'm going to be gone. And you ain't going to find me. And you're going to be needing to know, where am I going to go? Where am I going to find life? Yeah. You can go back to the, the dead place where he used to be. He's not there no more. God's a living, moving spirit, guys. He, where you found God before is not going to be where you find him again. Because right. he's moving. Right. you got to move with it. you got to walk with the spirit. Jesus. They came to his own people and they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And they are reborn, not with the physical birth that results from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. We're not the same when we believe. The enemy tries to convince us all the time, like we're normal, like we're just, we're the lost, we're just part of the world. Guys, we ain't part of the world. Guys, we ain't, we ain't living in the dead. We ain't living with dead things, man. Like, you guys have got light in your life because you're one of his. So the word became human and made his home among us, guys. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He made himself flesh and came to this world. The word came to the world and made himself flesh because he knew how much you needed him. And guess what, guys? Jesus left the world. He went to go prepare a new place for us. He went to go make paradise for us. He's getting the party ready up there. But the word never left. The word never left this earth. The word's still here. It'll never leave. The Bible, God said, no matter what happens, not a dot, not a tittle will change from that Bible until I come again. Because he is not leaving us here alone. We're looking for him. You better know where to look. You don't want to end up looking for the living among the dead. Because all you're going to find is the dead. And sometimes it looks like it's living. Some people are, well, this is, this is alive. A lot of people are going to tell you that. I don't care what people tell me because people die too. I care what God tells me because he's never going to die. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And he's always going to have a way for his word to get to you because he made it flesh. And it came to earth to dwell among you. You guys are going to hear that this, this Christmas season. You're going to hear this word. Emmanuel. God with us. He came to be a part of you guys. So we're going to take a second. Let's all stand up. Man, you want to hit those lights? There's three ways that the Word of God will minister to you guys. There's three ways that we hear the Word of God in our life. One is the Bible. That's very important. 
It's important because it's never going to change. It's always going to be there for you. And you know there's life in it. So you can always find life in the Word of God. There's also another way. God speaks to you through your Holy Spirit. God speaks to you in your heart. And He tells you the things that you need to know about your life. He points you in the direction of life. And away from death. And the other way is your pastor. And all three better align. But God wants to speak to some of you today in this room. God wants to put the word of God in your life. And he wants you to always know where to find him when you're looking for him. So we're going to take a couple seconds. Come on, guys. You can gather around up here. Let's gather up here. You know what? Because maybe you're not looking for Jesus right now. But someone next to you might be. And you might be the only conduit for Jesus that they'll ever get. So we're going to take a couple of minutes. We're going to pray. We're going to let the word of God speak to our hearts today. We're going to let him give us life. Because that's the only thing we need.